Welcome everybody to the Modern Day Overthinker Podcast. My name is Colin and I am your host. Thank you for tuning in. This episode is with Michelle Nash. You probably don't know her. You may know her. She went viral on Facebook recently. She had a positive post about men, which is always refreshing to see as a man. Talking about how there are good men out there. And that's always good to see. Wholesome, positive content on social media. There's a lot of negative content out there. It went weirdly crazy viral. Not weirdly, but crazy viral. And I reached out to her, found her on Instagram, sent her a message and said, Hey, do you want to get on the podcast and talk about it? And she was like, yep. So we got on the podcast and we talked about it. We not only talked about that, we talked about her life, her upbringing, her struggles with substance abuse and growing up with alcoholics and addicts and same difference. But yeah, we talked about relationships, working through our problems finding good ways to work through our problems like fitness and meditation and spirituality, finding those good positive outlets. But yeah, this was a great episode, real random episode, not going to lie, but I'm glad I did it. Michelle was an awesome guest, great person to talk to, so definitely tune in. To this episode right now. It's about to start. Listen up. like to do a brief intro uh, and let you kind of introduce yourself and kind of where you're from and you know what you what you do and what and all that good stuff and uh you can share what however open you want to be about that doesn't really matter to me uh she is 21 and she recently started a youtube channel uh tell us a little bit about the youtube channel too i want to hear more about that okay um yeah, uh, I just started it, and it's mainly about um, spirituality. I'm a very spiritual person, and just kind of being more present in your life and being more grateful and just um, growing as a human being. That's awesome. That's kind of like that's another part of my podcast that I like to implement, and also uh, the instagram and the tiktok and i like to make my videos not necessarily just like because people think mental health they think oh depression anxiety which is obviously a big part of it but you know spirituality and also being able to connect with other people and other things is very important 
And I think that's uh, definitely a good idea for you to dive into, especially if you're passionate about it. If you're not passionate about it, then obviously I don't recommend it, but it sounds like you are. Uh, That's the main thing when it comes to doing content. It's not going to really do much if you're not passionate about it and I, or if you're not consistent, that's another thing. You sound like you really want to do this and you've been thinking, you were thinking about it for a while before you actually started doing it, correct? Yes. I I've been thinking about starting a YouTube channel since I was like an early teenager, Yeah, but I never really had the opportunity to, I guess. So now that I like live on my own and I can just do whatever I want it's kind of easier to just step into that. Yeah, that's uh, that freedom. Yeah, I'm trying to get to that point myself. Uh, it's right now I'm working nine to five. So it's like I have to pencil it in. But I took this week off and I'm just like recording as much content uh, as far as podcasts. And I'm trying to do more recordings for Instagram and TikTok and all that good stuff. And just kind of having an archive because work with my nine to five job is going to be really busy over the next couple of months. So I'm not going to have the opportunity to really do as much of my hobbies as far as not only do I do the podcast, I do comedy, I record music. I have a lot of extracurricular activities that I do. And um, eventually I'd like to get to the point where I can do some of that full time I'm just not quite there yet financially, unfortunately, but I hope to get there at some point. So that's awesome that you're there and you can, that you seem to have a little bit more time to focus on that, uh, which is, I'm very jealous. (laughs) I I definitely, I have like a, also like a full-time job. I just like, yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of where you're at. I just fit it in when I can and it, yeah, it is yeah. difficult. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're, I'm not, I don't want to assume anything, but are you in a relationship right now? Um, Not exactly. No, not exactly. So that, yeah, that cause those can take up some time as well. Uh, So when you're, you know, and, and living alone, you have that, you know, that personal freedom to be like, Hey, I'm just going to do this right now. And there's not anyone to interrupt you really, except for maybe your cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they're like we were talking about earlier, they're pretty low maintenance. So and sometimes they don't really want to hang out with you anyway. That's how my cat is like sometimes like she really wants to be all up in my face. And otherwise, it's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, they're they they just hang out with each other, really. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) I thought about implementing another cat. But like I said, mine's very. uh, She's very much independent. And like I said, a diva, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, I introduced my cats when they were like kittens, so they just kind of grew. Idea. Yeah, they grew up together, so Yeah, that helps. Like my cat's 4, so uh it'd be tough. I think I'm too late. But you did it like gradually, it might not be so bad. Yeah, it might not be. It's tough to say. But also that's more to deal more food and more litter box cleaning. So I don't know if I want that either. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I'm good with one for now. Uh, she's already, and she's also torn up on my brand new couch, which I'm still pretty frustrated about. Cause I won't declaw her because I'm not an asshole. Uh, yeah. Cause I know how it works, but I'm like, 
dang it, I wish you already didn't have your front claws before I got you because you have destroyed a lot of things. But I get it. So I had to kind of like put a bunch of plastic stuff around my couch um, to like stop her from doing it. I tried like the sprays and stuff, but they didn't work. And she has like scratching posts and stuff that she uses, but sometimes she prefers the couch or my chair. So my cats do the exact same thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's I've tried like implementing a spray bottle and spraying her and and she she will run away when the spray bottle's up. I can't catch her every time, you know. Yeah. They're sneaky creatures, that's for sure. And smarter than I thought. Um, because I grew up with dogs, so I didn't know what to expect when I got a cat. So they're oddly loving mine is, so <laughs> yeah, she can be, but you know. Uh, Speaking of mental health, I, I if I had to diagnose my cat, I would say she's bipolar. Because <laughs> uh, some days it's like, or some times of the day, it's like, uh, she's really lovable. And otherwise it's like, you know, get away from me. I hate everyone. Uh, I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, and the, she doesn't like the vet either. And the vets don't really like her. So I have to drug her up next time I take her to the vet. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, my my cats don't like the vet either. Yeah, I don't think many animals like going to the vet. Um, Dogs or cats, from what I've heard. But she really, really gets vicious. It's not good. But anyway, I could talk about my cat all day. We could (laughs) steer that away here. I know you wanted to talk about uh, a little bit about your upbringing and how that's kind of affected your mental health and what you've kind of done to kind of reflect on that and learn from it and uh, grow as a person. Cause that sounds like what you're trying to do personally and with the YouTube channel. So tell me a little bit about, about that. Alrighty, so um, my my father is like an alcoholic. So when I was like a child, he was pretty violent most of the time, um, and that continued until I like moved out. So that's really the only like experience I've I've ever had with my my dad is just just not dad. good. <laughs> yeah. So um, that kind of carried in my adult life. Like I was just like angry all the time or I, I, I used it as an excuse to be mean or negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I quickly realized that I don't have to like live the way that my, my parents did. So that's kind of where my spiritual journey is going. Um, I just want a better life for myself and just yeah uh so you said your dad is an alcoholic but did, were your parents are your parents together or were they together when you grew up um they are together he's my stepfather so got it so your biological father uh we don't have to talk about that but i mean 
he's not really present in my life, but he is also an alcoholic. Got it. You are from Missouri. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, it's a it's a big problem in Iowa too. It's a Midwest thing. Well, obviously there's alcoholics everywhere, but it's kind of a Midwest thing to like we don't have anything else to do, so we're just gonna drink all the time. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I, I had uh I had my uh struggles with alcohol as well, more with just addiction in general. I have been on the 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 no alcohol, no drugs thing for a little over five years now. And it just because it just was complete negative negativity in my life. So I just cut it out one day. I just like, I'm done. I'm just sick of all this stuff. And addiction does run in my family a little bit, not directly with my parents, but uh, some of my uncles and aunts uh, have dealt with addiction problems. So, um, you know, relatives. And uh, I think I got that gene. So I just was like, I'm just going to cut all this out because it's just not good for me. Yeah, I can really relate there because most of my family are addicts. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've been sober from alcohol since um, January of this year. And also I don't smoke weed. I did smoke weed like maybe like a month or two ago, but I also recently stopped that. Um, yeah, it's just better when your mind is clear and not in a fog like that. I completely agree because yeah, weed was the toughest one for me. And that's because they, you know, everybody thinks it's so harmless and it kind of is, but it's just like, it holds you back. I feel like yeah, yeah, Uh, it helps with some creativity. I will give it that, but I can still be creative without it. And I've learned that I took me a little while to learn that at first. I was like, it was like almost like going through a breakup with weed. It was weird. Yeah. I, um, I, I had like a, a shroom trip and it was pretty bad. Um, so like after I experienced that, like smoking weed wasn't really an option anymore because it was just so, so anxiety inducing. Ooh, yeah. I, I feel that I got to that point too. And I never did. And I never, I never tripped. I was always too scared. I was always too scared to do it. I was given many opportunities. I was like, Ooh, I don't know. I've heard some, heard some good things about it. I've heard some bad things about it. I'm just like, my mind uh, always goes to the negative. Not all, not as much as it used to, but especially back then, I was like, "This sounds like something that uh, is going to be really bad for me," and I don't. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna steer clear and not gamble on the on the odds of me having a good or a bad trip. I'm like, I'm good. I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah, it's just safer that way. <laughs> yeah. And then I have friends that are like, you're like, well, you could just microdose and da, da, da. I'm like, eh, I think I'm good. It's honestly better to just not. Yeah. It's like, you guys, I've done enough self-medicating. I don't need to, uh, I, I just talked to, I talked to my psychiatrist about this kind of stuff. I don't need, I don't need your advice and yeah. I, I appreciate it. 
uh, because they're coming from a good place and most of these people can, you know, handle that, you know, handle doing that from time to time and, you know, still have a functioning life and do well for themselves. And me, when I introduce substances and things like that, I'm just a complete wreck for the most part. And I'm not doing well. I'm not progressing. I'm moving backwards and I I don't need that. I feel like I'm catching up for a lot of lost time when I was really deep into just doing a lot of dumb things for most of my twenties. Cause I thought like I could just party my life away and it was just stupid. And now I look back on that time and I just try to learn from it. I don't really dwell on it anymore. I was in that state for a little bit, but there's no point in dwelling on the past. It's a huge waste of time and energy, but you know, learning from it and realizing, you know, what can I do better now and how can I become a better person? Which I, I like how you brought up trying to become a better person. That's what I try to do every day. I there's always something I can be working on. And I feel like it's just like that's what life should be about is a constant uh constant journey to just make yourself the best person that you can that you can be. And uh I agree. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do. And it's, uh, that's the one thing, you know, nobody's perfect. And that means that there's always something you can be doing. So, so what are the, some of the things that you've implemented to kind of help better your life? And, you know, uh, have you had to cut some of those people out of your life or like maybe like, Uh Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I still like see my parents and, but I don't really talk to the rest of my family very much, which is mm-hmm. fine. And I think it's for the best, mm-hmm. but, um, I mean, I like to do like daily meditation and just like focus on bettering the insides, um, <laughs> going yeah. within it helps me a lot to just do that i definitely understand where you're coming from and yeah yeah because it's tough with parents too it's like you're like these are my parents these are the people that raised me and i understand you know they have their issues but i still like care about them and yeah i'm very, I'm very close with my mother i just i don't really pay she's just kind of she just kind of put up with that and yeah, she, she does. I try to explain to her that she doesn't have to go on with that, but she just kind of says that it's too late. And I'm just like, it's never too late to choose yourself and choose a happier life. Yeah. I get, I get where she's coming from. I get that perspective, but yeah, I agree with you. It's like, it's not ever too late. Uh, and yeah, get judging by you being 21. Are you, how many siblings do you have? I have a brother and a sister. Older or younger? Uh, they're both older than me. By quite a bit. Or are you like the baby? Um, They're like 26 and 27. So not, too, gather. not too much older, but... <laughs> So are you pretty close with them or no? Um, no, not really. They, not really. my, my brother is more into the 
like drugs and alcohol thing. But mm-hmm. me and mom, me and my sister, we have different mothers, so we haven't been around each other since we were children, anyway. So, oh, okay, so you never really got a chance to really build that relationship a lot, or at least in a while, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Well, I definitely have to bring up the viral post that you had. That that's the reason I found that's the reason I found you. So, and I was very intrigued by this post, and it took off, and it's probably still getting a lot of shares. I assume. Yeah, it's, it's slowed down, but it's still getting shares. You'll randomly. I've had one thing go viral on Facebook, and you'll just randomly, like out of nowhere, you'll see a bunch of shares one day, like a year later. Just so you know, uh, and it's just really weird. Somebody be like, it'll come up on somebody's like, you shared this a year ago, and then they'll just be like, oh, I remember this, and then it'll it'll almost happen like every year. Um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of read the post and kind of get your thoughts on it, and I can share my mind on it as well because it was just very. It's something I've been seeing as a trend on TikTok too, just like women using their voices to kind of like let other women know that, you know, not all men suck and not yeah. all men are trash. And it's like, there's a lot of, you know, side, there's a side of the internet where it's just like complete men bashing. Oh, like, yeah. And it, it's just like, it's really frustrating because you're just like, yeah, I get there's some crap men out there, but there's also some crappy women. There's crappy people out there in general. It's just like, why, yeah, do, you, there, there why is. do you, yeah, why do you have to like narrow it down to just like all men are terrible, patriarchy, all that stuff? And I'm just like, okay, but I'm just gonna read the post real quick. And obviously, you wrote it, but I want to read it for the recording here and for the listeners. And so, basically, this was on August 22nd, so not too long ago. So for You wrote, for any women that need to hear this, there are loving men out there. There are men who will sit and listen to you while you talk about something that bothered you. There are men out there that will take accountability and apologize, who can be aware of their behavior and how it affected you, men that you can grow with, men that will make you feel appreciated. You don't have to go through years of trauma with a man who doesn't know how to communicate and has no emotional intelligence. You are worthy of healthy love, and it is out there. I promise you. So, what was what kind of sparked this post? I should say. We'll start there. And was there a certain moment, or like a certain incident with someone, or um, or is it kind of a variety of different reasons? What kind of sparked? So, um, like I said, like in my childhood, my dad was pretty violent mm-hmm. and. I've only ever experienced kind of like toxic relationships. Um, my, like my last relationship, probably about a year ago, um, it was really toxic and really abusive. And Mm -hmm. it took me a lot to like, kind of get out of that mindset. And I did end up meeting somebody that, um, just showed me that, that is not normal and it's normal to like be able to communicate with somebody and that they will listen to you and take accountability. And yeah, that I just wanted to share it with other women because I know that it's a thing to really want to stay with somebody 
because it's like comfortable. Yeah, because you don't want to be alone. Yeah. That's the one big thing that I think why women stay is they don't want to be alone. And they also think, oh, maybe this person will change or I don't know what. I don't know what that mentality is completely like, obviously, because I've never been in that position, but, you know, it's just based off of what I've heard and, you know, what's been shared with me, that's kind of what I've gathered. And you talk about how your mom, your mom, for example, thinks it's just too late. Yeah. um, Which is, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's, how do I get through to her that it's not, you know, and I'm assuming you struggle with that, which can be probably frustrating, but it's her life and you just kind of have to accept it. Acceptance is a big thing that I've had to deal with uh, and learn more about as I've tried to grow as a person. I'm sure you can relate to that. Yeah. Just, just accepting. Just- yeah. That, you know, I can only do what I can do and I can only live my life really at the end of the day. All I can do is help me. So how many, uh, I haven't looked at the post. Uh, so how, how many have you gotten? Like, I bet you're, you've gotten a bunch of messages and have you got any negative feedback from it? I just, I bet you've gotten some negative feedback from it. Um, I, I skimmed through the comments. I haven't looked at every single one of them. Good, but like, good idea. There was just one that stood out to me, and it was just like it was from this really. He was not very intelligent, but he was just on there spewing hate, and I was just like, "Come on, man!" He was basically saying like, "Women, women like this, they're just they're liars. Don't listen to this, man." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Oh, like you're the liar. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know. He was just, I think he was just mad at himself for some reason. Oh, yeah. 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 Clearly very sad, man. Yeah. Probably. But that was really the only comment that I saw that was actually like negative. Yeah. If, after reading, you know, after reading the post again, it's like, how can you, how can you really come out at this? Like in a negative way, like, what are you going to say? Like, I I don't even know what you would say that's, <laughs> that, that's negative. That wouldn't even make sense, you know? Um, yeah, really, honestly. So uh, you said you you found someone that like kind of showed you the way just kind of is this kind of like a friend or someone that you had another relationship with? Or was it just somebody that was just like, I could see this uh, that you spent a lot of time with. You're like, this guy. It's not like those guys that, you know, I thought, you know, that I've been with in the past. Um, so how did that come about or that realization, I should say? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I guess we were in a relationship and it recently just ended for distance purposes because um, he lives far away, but um, yeah, he really just showed me that like emotional intelligence and communication is possible with the male species. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I've been trying to say this for years, but it's better when it, it was it was better coming from a woman. That's why we need your help out there. So 
Uh, and like, I think it has a lot to do with standards, if I'm being honest, because a lot of women, they don't have very many standards or boundaries when it comes to men. And I think that's really important for finding a man that will do those things with you. Yeah, not settling for somebody that won't. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it seems like, and it's like, what are you, and also I've heard as an argument, like, yeah, women want, you know, uh, these type of things, but at the same time, it's like, what are the, you know, as a woman, what are you bringing to the table too? Cause the relationship is a two way street, you know? It's not really about bringing anything to like the table. I mean, relationships are a team effort. And well, yeah. when like, I mean, I don't really care about the financial. I don't mean like that. I, mean, I, mean, okay. I didn't, I didn't mean like, what do you bring to the table? Like how much money do you have? I didn't mean it like that. I meant like, how much emotional intelligence do you have? Like, yeah, I mean, I think that goes hand in hand with yeah. being able to work and grow together. Because if you can't like sit down and have it, like an intelligent, emotional conversation with one another, then it's not going to be very progressive. No, no, it's going to be more like a friendship with some benefits, maybe, or not even yeah. that. Or you turn into like hating each other <laughs> really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh yeah, relationships with me are very tricky because I've only been in a couple serious relationships and I'm the type of person that uh I don't put myself out there enough enough because I deal I've dealt with a lot of rejection in my past when I was that goes back to my childhood. Mainly like my high school years, because I wasn't like, I wasn't an outcast or anything, but I was never, um, I wasn't like, you know, the, on the football team or like one of those guys or the jocks or really anything. I was kind of in between and uh, I guess like somewhat overlooked and I was kind of like this goofy class clown kind of guy. And that was like kind of friends with everybody, but like beyond friendship, like I kind of kind of stop there and i was uh i got rejected by some girls in high school that i really liked and that they kind of like put me in this corner like here you're or like got friend zoned really quick i may i make a lot of jokes about it now on stage as a comedian um about the friend zone and you know being stuck in it and then just like making light of it but i kind of put I've looked at back at that, like part of that was me. Um, and some of it was like, okay, you know, you got to think of, you know, high school girls and how, you know, what yeah. they're looking, what they're looking for is not what you're looking for right now as an adult, you know, I don't know why I might, but it's just like, kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say it's PTSD because PTSD is very serious, but it's kind of like that in a sense where it's like where I see, you know, an attractive woman that I want to talk to or I run into in public and I'm like, oh, no, you can't talk to her because you'll be inconvenienced her or she'll immediately make you her friend. Um, there's just all these different like and I'm, I'm I've been working through that. I've been getting better at that, but it's just like 
And also dating now is very weird. Uh, the dating apps I have found are very toxic. Uh, and I, I've pretty much got rid of all of them. Uh, except for one that I'd use when I'm bored. That's like the only, re- <laughs> that's like the only reason I have it and, or cause I can't let go of all of them. I don't know yet, but just like very superficial and just on the surface stuff. It's like, I just want to be able to like, like meet people in real life and get to know them and have conversations. And it's yeah. everything has to do with like an app or, you know, you have to meet these qualifications. It's, it's like, a, it's like almost like a job application on these apps. It's like before just to have a first date. It's like, we can just meet in a public place. Like if doesn't yeah. go well then it doesn't go well like what's the big risk here i don't understand you know i i just stay away from those dating apps because yeah. i like i like you said like i like to meet people in person yeah i like to go out maybe to like a library or like just somewhere that's not exactly like a bar yeah, I don't, I don't want to meet anybody there, but that's another thing. Yeah. It's like, once I stopped going to bars, it was, it, the, I, that made it tough because, you know, that was where I met women because that was what I was used to for so long. Cause I, that's where I would spend most of my time, but wasn't working. I was at the bar usually, but I don't do that anymore. So it's been an yeah, adjustment. I, I try to stay away from that environment. Yeah, I spend some time in bars because I do comedy. That's only, but I'm not there to drink. I'm there to do comedy, so it's a different reason. Or I, I go to a bar. Uh, it's because they have good food, and I eat and I leave. Um, you know, that type of thing. But I'm not there to really socialize necessarily, because I know if I stay too long, if I, uh, I'm gonna want to drink, or I'll just get too bored and I'll leave because <laughs> yeah. there's, no, there's no reason for me to be there. And drunk people are the worst, especially oh, when you're, yes. when you're yeah. yeah, you're not drink. <laughs> if you're not drinking, it's it's so annoying. It really is to just be around people that are like drunk, and you're just sober, and you're like, "Well, I want to go home now." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So did you? So did you kind of have like? an issue where you were you thought you were drinking too much or you just thought like you know i'm just gonna cut this out for more mental and physical health reasons just because it's yeah you knew it was bad for you well after that really toxic relationship that i had about a year ago it kind of like made me go into this really dark place in my life where i was only depending on like going out and like drinking a lot and smoking all like every day. And like, I just made the conscious decision to just stop doing all of that because it was really bad for my mental health and the progression in my life was just not going anywhere. Yeah. That sounds like you kind of could see the the future and it didn't look good <laughs> and you were just like this is not good for me and you just cut it out which is good that's that you're very that you were self-aware of that because some people it takes like them literally you know hitting like rock bottom before they're like oh i should probably maybe it was the maybe it was the drugs or maybe it was the drinking you know yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> I've ran into a lot of people like that because I, you know, I've been in re- recovery because I go to meetings and stuff like that. And I've met a lot of people with different variations of their, you know, whatever their bottom was, it's a different variation. And um, one of my friends always says, you know, you know, I consider myself a high, a high bottom addict and he's like, and I'm fine with that because I'm, it's not a contest I'm trying to win. You know, I'm not trying to be the, the grimiest addict and coming into recovery that, you know, I was living on the streets. I was shooting up. I was doing this. It's like, you know, I earned my, earned my way into recovery. I did enough time it's like some people look at it that way and it's like no like you (laughs) there's no point in looking at it that way the sooner you can get into recovery and stopping uh what you were doing the better because the less damage you will cause and the less you know damage control that you will have to do once you're actually you know once that fog has been lifted that you talked about and you're like oh man i did a lot of stupid stuff or you know i'm I screwed this person over or whatever. And there's a lot less of that when you stop sooner. So yeah. So hats off to you. Hats off to you for realizing that it was uh controlling your life and that it was leading you down a very dark path. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I was kind of the same way. It took me a little bit longer. Uh and I did some more stupid things first. Before I realized that uh, this is not the way I want to live my life, it took me a lot of uh, took a lot of bad things to happen for that to be a realization for me. But I'm very stubborn and have to learn the hard way sometimes. So that's just the way it works. Sometimes it just takes longer for some people, and that's okay. Yeah, and that's the thing is people will. Uh, asked me about, you know, I've, you know, gotten emails and messages about like, oh, my significant other, my, I'm just giving random examples and scenarios, but like, you know, my, my kid's really struggling with, uh, with, with opioids or whatever. And, um, I really want to get them help. What can I do? I'm like, well, do they want to be clean? Or yeah. uh, if they don't want it, then it's not going to work. End of story. Yeah. You really have to, like, you can't decide for somebody. They have no. to really get to that point where it's like, okay, this is enough. Yeah, the whole intervention thing. I mean, it might spark something in their head that says, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I really do have a problem. You know, it's damaging other people's lives. It might spark something, but no one's. I haven't really watched, I never really watched that intervention show, but I doubt many of them were like, oh yeah, you guys are all right. Let's, I'm going to change my life and I'm never going to use again. It, it, likely not the case. It takes a process to really um, keep on that track also. Like, you know, one day you might have this spur of motivation and then like a week later you're like, Oh, this isn't worth anything. Like, what am I like? It's a, it's kind of like rewiring your brain to not think like that anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of rewiring perspective mainly. Yeah. 
Yes. Changing your perspective on life can literally change everything about your life. Oh yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it sounds super cliche and, but it's very true. And a lot of the cliches and I used to be one of those people that like, I was so negative about a lot of things. Like I would see like inspirational quotes or, uh, you know, positive posts and be like, ugh, this is gross. Like nobody's really this happy or this is a bunch of crap. And it was terrible. Like I had, I had a really bad perspective on things and I just thought that all those cheesy stuff were just like, you know, I'm like, now I like, I post that stuff like all the time. I'm just like, Oh, this makes a lot of sense. This is where I'm at. And I know some people, um, sit on the sidelines and are, and are, and are hating on me for that. Um, and I don't care at all because it's like, I know that I have been in that place where I was like, I think this is stupid. I think this is cheesy, but that was my perspective. My perspective was negative. It was not, it was not good. And I looked at everything positive as corny and cheesy and not cool or whatever. And now I'm just like, I don't care what's cool and what's not cool. I'm also getting older too, as you get older and, you know, change your perspective on things. Um, Some people, you know, never really grow up, but I've actually decided to grow up. It took me a while to get, get here, but, uh, I like, I like those cheesy sayings. I like those things that, cause they, most of them make sense. And there's a reason they've been said for so long. And, um, there's a reason a bunch of people share, you know, inspirational quotes and things like that. It's because they make yeah. sense. And I, I think, cause we're all going to have like issues and problems in our lives, but it's not really the absence of problems that determines your happiness. It's how you work through those issues and problems and grow and just having a positive perspective on something that's going on in your life. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Yeah. Cause you problems are going to happen. Conflicts issues, regardless of how, well, you're doing in your life, it's going to happen. It's just the way life works and the way you react to those situations is what's going to determine how it will affect you in the long run. hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah, it took me a while to realize that or really look at it that way, I should say. And I also didn't have a lot of friends that really thought like that either, uh, that really looked at things. A lot of my, uh, a lot of my friendships before I, you know, decided to really make a effort to focus on my mental health and, you know, as of the last year, more my physical health too. Uh, and, spiritually as well because i work a 12-step program and that's a part of it and um i've just uh been able to grow so much and realize i wish i would have done this so much sooner but it's you know i'm glad i'm doing it now yeah i think um growth is kind of a lonely place because when you're growing you're 
like kind of bettering yourself and you're leaving those people and those beliefs behind. So you're making room for better friends and better people to come in. And I've met so many great people um, that over the last few years that, um, and then it makes, puts things into perspective, like, oh, I didn't really have a lot of friends. <laughs> like I had a lot of acquaintances. Yeah. And people that, you know, I'm cool with and, uh, you know, I don't have anything, we don't have any, I don't have any problems with those people, but, you know, I really didn't, we really didn't know each other that well, you know? They weren't really like a friend to you. They were like, they were like, oh, you want to go hang out here or there, but anything like really. Or or I need help. I need a ride. I know Colin, I know Colin will do it. Yeah. Yeah, because I even when I was out partying and doing stupid stuff, I was always willing to help people and do what I could to. That's just how I was. That's just how I was brought up and how I was raised. It's like the do unto others thing. I was raised in a Catholic household, and you know, I don't agree with everything what the Catholic Church says, but you know, it gave me that. It gave me a structure, and um, you know a good perspective and I come from a pretty humble family as well uh that taught me that you know no one is better than anyone else and we all have our struggles and just how to treat people you know and yeah just the very basic stuff we were taught in like kindergarten like treat others how you want to be treated like it's pretty simple like and like- People complicate the crap out of that. And I I never get fulfillment from treating someone badly. I only get no. guilt. Yep. Same. Like I always try to be as nice as possible because you just don't really know what other people are going through that day, that week, or that month. hmm I agree. Um, yeah. Sometimes some people do need some like tough love type of thing, but I've, I've been trying to get better about that. Like, and not just like being a complete, like uh, somebody that, you know, also having my boundaries and to not let people walk all over me just because I'm nice. Oh yeah, for sure. That's something that takes, that takes a little time and perspective as well. And just to know when it's happening, like, oh, this person's taking advantage of me. Like, I should probably set some boundaries here. Yeah, that's, it can be, like, kind of hard to recognize at first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Depending on like the person. Away, yeah, once you're, like, away from them, though, and it's a little easier to be more clear-minded. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. That's why I'm glad I live alone and I can reflect on things a lot easier. There's no one really here to bother me. And I, I I love my alone time. Like people think I'm weird, like, but I love like just being able to like sit and reflect on things. And I've tried to, I want to get back into, I've done some meditation. I really like it. I've never been consistent about it. I want to get back into it more because I've had a lot of people talk to me about it. Um, actually going to, the next 
podcast guest I have is uh, she's a therapist and she also does a lot of yoga and meditation. And we're going to talk a lot about that as well. So that'll be really cool to learn more about that because she probably has some pointers for me or even if you have any pointers, like I'm just trying to be more consistent about it. Like my, that's my biggest thing is I'm not a very trying to be better about it, but I'm not the most organized person ever. I'm trying to use, uh, you know, like my calendar and scheduling things and being better about that. And um, when I'm not at work, like, it seems like my life is like very like chaotic and I'm just kind of like running around doing all this random stuff. And it's just like, that's why I took a week off work because I'm like, I need a week off just to like, de- just like get my shit together, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, I feel like meditation for me, it's not really about um, just sitting silently in my thoughts. It's more so recognizing um, them. Yeah. And I have terrible problems with like anxiety and stuff and Mm. meditating every day for at least 10 minutes for me, like right when I wake up as like, it kind of like quiets my mind and it, it stabilizes me for the rest of the day. And, so you start your day out that way. Yeah. And awesome. um, yeah, I just, I meditate every single day. And at, when you don't want to do it is like the most important time that you should, because that's like your ego telling you that like, this isn't important, but it, it really is very good for your like mental health and stability in life. I've heard, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. I mean, it's definitely not a bad thing for me to implement. It's just, yeah, it's just like I need to be more disciplined about it with like, a, like, I, like it took me forever, for example, to get into a, any type of uh, workout routine or exercise. I just despised it for whatever reason. I was just like, I don't want to work out. I don't want to go to the gym. And uh, for the longest time, I was very lucky. Like up until I was like 25, like 24, 25, I didn't w- have to worry about, I could eat whatever I want. I could do whatever I want. I did not gain weight. I was just a skinny, skinny dude, the, the fast metabolism. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> once I turned like 25, it was like, yeah, that's not happening anymore. You gotta, I started gaining weight and I never got like really big or anything, but I was like, I can't just coasting anymore i have to start exercising and doing something and it took me until last year to be like and i'd gone to the gym i've tried to do the gym thing multiple times joined gyms gone for a couple months and then just never went back and i finally last year i was just like last year was like my biggest growth year ever uh especially i got out of a relationship that wasn't going well and i um just decided to just do a bunch of things i started doing comedy and then i really started getting back on the end of the podcast thing because i had been recording podcasts over the last couple years but i'd never been consistent at it and then i decided that you know i've been focusing a lot on mental health but i am starting to get bigger and you know my face was starting to look a little ballooned up here i was starting to get a double chin i was like i should probably do something about this and so i was like 
and just in general, I've heard good things, you know, about exercise helping you mentally too. I'm like, I could kill two bears with one stone here. And so I started going to the gym and I joined the, I just joined planet fitness cause it was cheap and they had like a no commitment thing. Yeah. And I was like, definitely want the no commitment thing. Cause I don't know what's going to happen. Cause my track, <laughs> my track record is not good when it comes to gyms. And I, yeah. so that That's just like- kept going. And, um, I've been pretty consistent since I've had a, like a couple weeks where I didn't go, but uh not like back to back or anything and i usually go two to three times a week which is enough for me i don't need to go every day um but i've noticed a lot of good results physically and mentally so it's but it took me so long to get there and get that discipline it really boosts your dopamine when you mm-hmm. work out yes I, I just do like yoga and like pilates i did have like a phase where I was going to the gym like every single day and I made like a lot of progress, but I wasn't really doing it for like the right reasons. I was like more doing it for like validation mm. rather than my own like well-being. And yeah, I just it, it was really exhausting for me to like keep going to the gym and like lifting a bunch of weights. I was always so sore. Maybe I wasn't eating enough. I'm not sure, but like yoga and like Pilates, it really, it's much better for me. Yeah. And you're doing what works, which I find, I finally found something that works for me. It's like, not like a, you know, it's not a bodybuilding routine or anything like that, but it's, it's just a strength training workout. That's just easy. And I kind of adjusted it and tweaked it a little bit. Uh, or, you know, my brother's been working out for quite a few years now and he's in good shape. And I was like, that was my thing. I didn't know where to start. I was just like, I don't know what to really, I felt like an idiot. Every time I went to the gym, I'm like, I don't know what to do and what to work on and what there's so many machines. And um, yeah. So he's just like, just do this simple. It's three, three exercises. It works your core and your basic in your legs, your whole basically your whole body and these three different workouts. And I kind of did that and I I got rid of one of them and I replaced it with something else. And I also do the elliptical and um yeah, I've noticed good results and I started getting like, you know, people noticing, hey, oh, you seem like you've lost weight. And then I'll, now I'm getting like, man, you look a lot bigger, like bigger in a good way, not like fatter. But um <laughs> And I'm just like, so, and, and I'm weird with compliments and I've always been weird with them, but I'm like, that's one where I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I earned this one. You know, I've been putting in the work and doing what I needed to do. Um, it builds yeah. self-confidence. Yeah, exactly. Which is something that I've always, always struggled with. Um, but I've gotten a lot better yeah, with therapy and. Uh, just having better friends too. Yeah, for sure. That's been very helpful. They're like, Hey, you actually are, you know, doing a lot of good shit or a lot of cool things. And, you know, you really need to be better about, um, you know, giving yourself a break and patting yourself on the back. Cause you're doing a lot of cool things right now. I'm like, 
yeah, but I'm not doing this, but I'm not there yet. And it's always like never enough type of thing with me. And I'm really trying to work on that. And it's, uh, I think we all kind of struggle with that in our own ways, Mm -hmm. but yeah, focusing on like the present and just being really grateful and thankful for like where you're at in your life right now and not so much focusing on what you don't have. Um, You can always just be grateful and thankful that you have, you know, what you have in your life right now and always be, you know, like desires and stuff like that. They'll come. It's just patience. Yeah. Patience is very crucial. Yeah. I've been getting better about that. I'm not the most patient person, but that's one thing that oh my uh Alexa was distantly talking to me in the background there. Um I need to turn off her random like daily things that she says <laughs> that got implemented a while ago that I need to go on the app and turn off. I can't just tell her to shut up. Um but uh yeah, I also have ADD as well. So that's what what just happened there. Um, it's somewhat diagnosed. My psychiatrist, I started seeing my psychiatrist because I have OCD and anxiety and major depressive disorder. And I've dealt with that for since I was like 13 or 14. And she's like the first psychiatrist that I've had where it's like, you seem like you're pretty ADD as well. I'm like, yeah, that get, that makes sense. That would explain my abusive Adderall when I was in college. Um, but. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I have never like went to like um, a psychiatrist to be diagnosed for like depression or ADHD. Um, just because I, I know that a lot of people that I am friends with, one of my friends, he's bipolar and has ADHD. And he says that, I mean, he says it's helped him a lot, the medication, but he also says that he's just kind of like numb. Like he doesn't really feel very much. And I don't know, I, I think I would personally rather feel heavy emotions and feel nothing and learn how to cope with it. But everyone is different. And like, obviously some people really need medication to be like, okay. Yeah. Bipolar. I'm kind of on the knowing many bipolar people who are unmedicated um, and embed them. Most of them, about 95% of them should be on medication or there or the ones I know that are, are like, I have a friend of mine that's been on it for many, many years. And he's like, dude, I would be, you would not want to be around me if I was not taking this medication. Yeah. It's kind of like, a, like I'm not bipolar or anything. Yeah. So bipolar like, is a tough one. Yeah. that I one don't, I don't have that experience personally, Yeah, but my friend talks about it. Like he gets really bad depressive episodes and mm. manic episodes where he also like goes and spends all of his money. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, yep, like, yep. Yeah. Just trying to find a, uh, a balance there and also being able to feel things. Yeah. 
And medication is kind of a, it's kind of a crapshoot because there's a lot of medications out there and also getting the dosage right and all that stuff. So it can take some time and patience for that too. And I've, I'm still not on the, you know, where I'm at with my medication the way I want to. And I've been on medication on and off for mostly on for a long time. Uh, but you know, I'm trying to get in to, I've been, I've tried to do the no medication thing. It might've been a timing thing, but it did not work well for me. Mainly with my OCD, I get really, uh, yeah, I get really obsessive about things and my compulsions get really bad where I start like having to like touch things a bunch of times or wash my hands a million times. And it just get it's completely like controls my life uh, and medication helps with that. And also therapy helps with that as well. Um, the main therapy that they use for OCD is exposure response prevention ERP therapy, which basically makes you like, kind of like you have an obsession, like say, Oh, I think like my, my mind says, Oh, you need to wash your hands right now. Cause you have, you know, uh, a chemical on your hands that if you, you're, if you touch something or if you touch somebody's food, you're going to, or if you, you know, you're cooking for someone, you're going to poison them or something, you know, something ridiculous like that Um, because it's never really um like i have two parts my i have two parts of my brain i have the you know the realistic part and then i have like the ocd part where that's not realistic at all that kind of they conflict with each other it's kind of the easiest way to describe it and uh that ocd side of my brain can overpower the other one and like get me to believe things or find doubt in things and if there's enough sliver of doubt then i will give in and you know wash my hands and be like just in case but the erp therapy is like hey sit with that don't wash your hands and sit with anxiety and wait for it to subside and then keep going about your day it's easier said than done but the more you do it the more the better you are at that sounds very difficult. It's very intense, and uh, but it's the best method that seems to have worked. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have uh, my friend uh, Jenna, who's a, a virtual friend of mine that I've met through Instagram, uh, who works for a company called NoCD that I actually have done therapy with and I do therapy with. On, I'm going to have her on the podcast and uh, we're going to talk about ERP and OCD a lot. So that's going to be a fun episode because it's very, not a lot of people understand OCD and I'm trying to drive that home as much as possible because people think it's just like, people know it's a thing, but people don't really understand that it's I, not the same for everybody, you know? I think people like kind of joke about it a lot too. Like, oh, it's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't mind jokes I, if it's good, if it's funny. But if you just say, oh, yeah, I'm so OCD about this, like, because I need to be a neat freak, like, okay. If you're so OCD, then if you're cleaning, if you don't clean that particular thing, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, it's just going to be dirty. See, 
if I had that particular, if I actually had OCD when it came to being, you know, cleaning stuff and be, or being organized, which I don't, uh, that's not really my OCD, the way my OCD works. But say I had that, for example, my mind would say, oh, if you don't clean this right now, your family's going to die like crazy stuff, like, uh, like completely unrealistic things. But there'd be one sort of doubt, like, well, what if that could happen? You know, I'm just I'm giving a very um, extreme example, but that is how OCD works. You're not just OCD just because you're a little tidy or you're a little clean. Like that's this kind of the stigma that we're trying to break with like OCD awareness because people will joke about it and um, make light of it. And when it's really like a, I know people that, you know, don't leave their, there's people out there that don't leave their house because they're that afraid of, you know, what's out there and what compulsions they're going to have to do just to get through their day. That could be really difficult for somebody. Oh yeah. It's uh, we're going to dive into it. Yeah. Real seriously with, especially with my friend Jenna, like she had postpartum OCD, uh, which uh, is, uh, I didn't even know it was a thing. I've heard of postpartum depression, but uh, not postpartum like anxiety with OCD is an anxiety disorder and uh, yeah, where she had an issue with her, her kid and like, she couldn't be around her kid because she thought her, she was going to hurt him. And it, oh, she didn't, she didn't obviously didn't want to, but it was just like this unrealistic fear that she was going to like randomly, like hurt him or forget to put him in the car. And like, she would like know he was in the back seat, but still stop and like go check to make sure he's back there. And like, just, completely like I can't even imagine yeah it's 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 hard to explain it to somebody because it doesn't really make sense and we know it doesn't make sense but it's just that it's irrational fears is basically what's a big part of it and our our brain just gets stuck on it and finds like that little sliver of doubt and that's all that it takes for it to be like, okay, I have to do this compulsion just in case that'll make my anxiety better. But it's only a, it's only a quick solution to a problem that's going to keep happening and, and it's just going to keep going and snowballing out of control. If you continue to do those compulsions because you're feeding into it, very complicated, but, and it's, uh, but yeah. You're right about people making light of it and it is it is frustrating and I, i'm not really one of those people that gets like triggered over things but that's one of those things where i'm just like oh this is i don't get like super upset about it anymore i'm just like this is annoying like clearly this person does, doesn't know what ocd really is so i'm just gonna yeah. i'm just gonna let it slide but i'm also going to educate people wherever i can so they know that it's not is uh you know for some people it's not as serious as for others but it is more serious than a lot of people think it is but i'm trying to think i'm trying to think of what else uh we're getting close to my time here because i have to I'm having somebody else on it too so um is there anything else you wanted to cover or bring up for anyone listening um i think we've 
went over most of the things that I really wanted to say. Any, uh, do you, do you want to plug, plug your YouTube channel real quick? I love uh, stuff. <laughs> it's just like, it's just my name, Michelle Nash. That's all it is. Um, I have like two videos on there right now, but obviously I'm working to get more content out there. Are you doing just YouTube for now? Um, yeah. I appreciate you taking your time and also yeah, being patient with me with the technical stuff. I hope the audio turns out okay with everything going on. Um, and uh, yeah, Thanks for well, having me. Yeah, of course.